Hey everyone, this is Jesse, George, and Robert, and this is BitBytes, an analytical discussion about gaming. Thanks for joining us. Yes, this is great. We're all here. Yay. Oh my gosh. Woo, New year, 2019. Hey yo. Starting the year off right. Do you yeah. guys realize this is our ninth episode, so we are almost into double digits? Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is yeah. awesome. We're killing it. Yeah. We are definitely going to make it to E3. <laughs> Have you forgotten that that was our original intent here? Oh, no. Uh, that is, I am keenly aware. Wait, wait. E2. <laughs> E2. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe the, I... the only reason we're doing this is so we can go to a expo, not because we love games or anything like that. <laughs> I think that's like a little, I think in the back of our minds, like, oh, it'd be cool if we could do that, but... I'm not counting on it, but maybe 2020. <laughs> Since we can try. PlayStation is we be... can try. Well, speaking of PlayStation, let's talk about Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> Speak it. Totally okay. good transition. No, okay. no, horrible transition. Um, Thanks for trying. So this is another episode of games that we've been playing. So this is the January 2019 edition. I noticed too. We've been pretty consistent about doing this every other month. So is that going to be a thing we do? I don't. <laughs> Oh, when we talk about games? Yeah. Games playing? we played, yeah. recap. Because we do that, and that's the podcast. Yeah. So mm-hmm. That'd be no. kind of fun to do that. No. Anyways, we've all been playing Super Smash. Yes, I think this is the first time we have a game that we've recently played, all of us, that we can talk about, so I'm excited. And I finally completed Adventure Mode. You finished it? <laughs> I finished oh it. Oh, my finally. gosh. On uh, normal, easy, or hard? Normal. Normal. Ooh. That's because you're a normal kind of guy. Mm. I will not be doing it on hard. How many um, hours do you think you've logged? Uh, with Adventure Mode, it's hard because I don't play specifically Adventure Mode every time I play Smash. 14 hours, maybe? Really? Only 14? But that that to say, I haven't gone and done every single challenge that's in there. Oh, uh, you were like beeline for characters? I, w- I didn't even go for all the characters. I just like, I wanted to see what the kind of the end result oh. was. Yeah, I was under the impression that like story is very light and like what's the point of finishing it if you don't have all the characters? Like I almost saw this map as a collect them all map instead mm-hmm. of a let's get to the finish line map. Like mm-hmm. take all the time you need because yeah. that's the point. It's the yeah. journey, not the destination. After finishing it, it, I think it is more that. Okay. That being said, I don't know if by f- completing either all the challenges or collecting all the characters unlocks certain in like cutscenes or stuff like that. I think I read headlines talking about true endings, which always makes me think, oh, there's different endings depending on how much you do. Because when you get to the end, and there's not one ending, mm. there's multiple endings. Yes. When you reach that end, you're like, you f- you feel like you're being cut out of something else. Like maybe there's something more there. Oh, okay. Um, even though it kind of it ends it off, but it's like it kind of feels like it's cut short. Mm. It's because they want you to buy the next game. Yeah. That cliffhanger. No, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. I would honestly be completely fine with no more Smash Bros. games for another decade. That good? I mean, I like. What else are they gonna do? They. I mean, we don't know the six. Oh, when you won the DLC characters, but. I'm having a hard time trying to come up with five more DLC characters to add. Like, I, what are they going to add in the next one? Like, unless there's 
there's been what a was, decade. What was the joke you had, Robert, about who they should add? It was some very obscure, like off the wall character. I was like, there's no way. Absolutely not. But to your point, it would have to be something crazy like that because the roster is huge. It's kind of intimidating to like select someone. Yeah. I mean, like you need another decade at least to build up more characters or I, I, what else do you do? <laughs> well, there's like all these other franchises. I mean, you could do something from another franchise because there's so many mergers, you know, within Smash. Well, they got Pikmin in there, so I'm good for forever. That's all I cared about. <laughs> well, it's just like, I think you're going to hit a point where the appeal of these games isn't just the character. Like, I want more modes or more to do or maybe mm -hmm. a more fleshed out story. Mo like, I mean, I guess that's just what all these shooter games do. It's it's more about just updating the gameplay. Yeah. I mean, it's not even like they update the gameplay, really. They just update the roster. They add to the roster. I feel there's only so much you can do with a fighting game, too, mm -hmm. as far as living it up and making it fresh. Wait, what's it called? The Battle Royale mode? Super Smash Bros. Edition. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, they actually, they, they actually do kind of have a mode like that. Do they? They have an elimination mode where you have to play through all the characters. The tournament. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm talking about more online against 100 other, Not 99 other oh, people. There's a mode <laughs> The where map keeps shrinking slowly. <laughs> I, we may have played it together where you no I don't think we did um, where each character that you play as that gets removed from the roster it's interesting the way it works is for every match that you win you get a little like star counter when you go back to the main character selection screen and then you get to choose how many if you want to do like through all the characters or if you want to do like maybe five matches or something like that mm. the caveat is if you're playing by yourself and you have between two to seven CPU players and you put them on random, they may pick, you know, whatever. And then those aren't available to you as options. Right. Oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting. They're going to have to keep getting creative with different play modes to keep it fresh if they're going to release something in the next five years. Okay. So because I'm in an audience of two people who are very good at this game or just Smash in general, what did you guys think about this iteration? in terms of kind of like fighting mechanics and some of the, how it feels. Cause I know George, you were talking a little bit about, there's some complaints of people talking about input lag and some things like that. Is that something you noticed or? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This game has the most input lag of all the games in the series. And they made it to where no matter what kind of controller you have, it basically has the same amount of input lag so that nobody has a significant advantage over another person if you're playing with mixed you know, controllers. There's also the caveat if you're using wireless controllers for connections to be slightly interrupted, depending on where you're sitting in the room or how you're holding your controllers if you're not using like a pro controller. Because mm -hmm. there have been several times when playing the game where you'll push inputs where there shouldn't be any input lag there is where you, you miss like jumping back to the stage or I've also noticed if you do a mid-air dodge, there is a significant amount of buffer time before you can initiate another type of move, which I don't know if that's for certain characters or if that's just the characters that I'm using or what, hmm. which is kind of frustrating. Like it's it's shocking like how much time you have to wait before. Do you share these sentiments? I'm probably the worst person to ask about this type of thing because I am bad at noticing that, that type of timing and reaction unless it's just glaringly obvious and it probably is to you. It is not to me. But I know I, 
I don't take the game as seriously. I don't think I'm like paying it that much attention <laughs> to like how much in real time uh, my button smashing is. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't seem to bother you when you're Zelda and you're teleporting like perfectly right onto me when I have like 200% damage and then I fly away. Yeah, that doesn't seem to bother you too much. No, uh, but I mean, I mean, I totally believe you when you're you're saying you feel that, and I can totally believe the Joy-Con problem of if you're not in a right spot in relation to your Switch and the TV, it can disconnect or not read it. I guess I'm not that bothered by it because I don't take it as seriously. So it to me, it, it still felt... I didn't play much of the Wii U version, so I, I was probably like a good five years out from playing a serious match, mm-hmm. and I was able to pick it back up within 20 minutes and like get back into the groove of how I played it back in college. So to that, that to me is... A, it is a success because even if they manipulated some of the move sets and timing, I still was able to get back into it and didn't feel like I have to relearn anything, which is what a game series like this, this is what you should feel like, um, be able to hop back in. So yeah, maybe there was a lag. It didn't bother me at the end of the day. Yeah, I adapted. No, I mean, it's not like a thing where it's like, I'm not going to play the game now. It's just something that's like, it's a different quirk that, and I skipped the Wii U version because I didn't have a Wii U. So I came straight from Brawl to this one. Oh, wait a minute. I had the let's 3DS not, yeah, version. Let's not get those. But the 3DS doesn't really count when it comes to like the main title iteration because it's a different controller and it's a different mm. system and all that stuff. Yeah, well, you're not playing on the GameCube controller, so obviously it's inferior. Right. Well, yeah, that's another <laughs> You haven't been played on one, apparently. <laughs> haven't gotten your connector yet. That being said, there are things that I feel like they improved from even the 3ds version which is just like a a slightly watered down version of the main you know wii u version that i like in terms of like movement and everything feels better than it did in brawl and in wii u just like in terms of air combat and ground combat all the characters feel you know really solid very tight and they really improved when you grab somebody you can inflict damage before you actually throw them my main experience with that has been with melee, which is awful when it comes to that. It's very bad. What's the difference? You don't have to specially time your basic attack button to get in as many hits as possible before you either throw them or they break free. Whereas in melee, you can't just like mash it really quickly and it do a quick you know, succession of hits. You have to time it very specifically because if you mash it, it'll actually go slower than if you specifically do it at the right time oh my gosh yeah How about that i do i yeah i've noticed that too it's a lot more satisfying to grab some yeah i love some of the stages that i didn't get to play is like the final fantasy stage i love that stage play it almost every time that i've, I've played <laughs> yeah yeah you love that don't yeah. you yeah yeah and you love being that dude with a huge sword yeah yeah Cloud. yeah you're Mr. He cloud he has a name you're so good at that game. It's 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 really fun to watch you play it. I really like the amount you're able to customize now that they've had so many levels and added so many items to it. You can just heavily customize. Like, do you want a level, but do you want the normal level? Do you want objects from the level to interact with you? Do you want the mega, the omega level? Yeah, I, that's a lot, a lot of fun for me. And the stage morphing is very cool. Yes. I love that's that. That's cool, yeah. That's cool. I do like 
all of the music they provide. Oh. I wish it was a bit easier to get instead of waiting to buy pieces, unless yeah, I'm missing too. something or I haven't played enough, but it's a slow trickle and I want all my music and I want it now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so uh, that's fun. And I, I don't know if this is healthy for me, but the spirit board is definitely something that makes me want the collectibles mm-hmm. before I never cared about the trophies. It's like, oh, there's a poorly rendered 3D trophy <laughs> character amusing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these are like, I, I do feel like a, like even if I don't get my favorite character in the game, I can get a cool looking sticker of, of them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Sure. A good a good chunk of Nintendo history in yeah. this game. Oh yeah, per IP there are, I don't know what the number is, there's is actually something that can be looked up so I won't guess what it is, but yeah, it's, it's a ton. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. is really cool. I think it's something that's still probably easy for to to pull a novice in, and hopefully they would have some fun. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Have we pulled a no- novice in to play with us? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He, he, yeah, he did. Yeah, he, got he sure in. did. We just have to ask him how he felt about yeah, the experience. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. He he played. He didn't drop out after one round. No. So. Yeah, he seemed to be having fun. Yeah. I play all of my matches with no items. One on one battles. Oh well, then you can't play with Jen because Jen. Last time we were talking, she was saying that that is her go-to. Well, I mean, for most people, it is their go-to, but it's like me. I'm extremely competitive when it comes to this, and all the competitive matches don't use items, and it's a one on one. We one talked about no those, items. those people in the last fight. <laughs> yeah. Some would say you are a hardcore ultimate player, and they would be right to say that. Uh, but it's well-deserved because you're, like I say again and again, you're very skilled. Yeah, but I'm not. There's things that... See, that's how you know you're good, when you're like, oh, I'm not that good, and then you're just, like, annihilating everyone. Just take my compliment. Say thank you. Thank you, but... <laughs> <laughs> you're very good against people used to playing with items. So when yeah. you're, <laughs> I'm just, I, I can win when I'm given items. When I'm put against you one-on-one, it's like, nah, she's, she's done. <laughs> she can't, nope. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's certain things that they, and this is something else that I really like about the game and the series as a whole, is they've put in mechanics and things that you can do in the game that are geared towards the like professional and like hardcore people that play like the half jumps and um, certain button mashing combinations that you can do that make timing for certain moves slightly quicker. Mm. And there's certain techniques that you can do that are available to everybody, but it just, you have to train your brain to do that mm-hmm. because it does not feel natural when you're actually doing it. So I love that. That's such a, I don't know, that's a rewarding game experience for everyone in this kind of game has to do that it has to appeal to everyone and everyone has to be accessible enough but then there's the depth for those who want it i feel like nintendo with their bigger party games well but the you know there's obvious exceptions but they do a really good job of that when it's what they're trying to do i do not play online matches too much lag it yeah it's just it's a mixed bat it's a mixed reaction every time it's like some games will be decent and then some games will just be plain awful because of the connection or because people suck? <laughs> connection. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Nintendo has got a long way to go with that. Yeah. yeah. So it's really fault, cool. But... So cool. I thought this was awesome. And it's weird because I, I don't know that I've really seen or heard a lot of people talking about this, but 
the classic mode bosses, which are also mm. appear in adventure mode, obviously all on the map. Mm-hmm. There's several of them, and they're all pretty cool boss fights, in my opinion. Or I was like, wait, Marx is in this game? Okay, <laughs> I'm here. I'm I'm fully invested now. Yeah. So I thought that was so cool. And they're unique, and I don't know, it was fun. Yeah, you got a taste of that in Brawl on the story mode, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad they sort of flushed it, flushed it out for this game. Yeah, it's really cool. So predictions for the other five DLC characters. Well, I'm going to touch on this later, but I finished the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 DLC. In it, I came across a NPC character, and they gave me an item because they said my character, which was Mithra, which is one of the core character blades in the game, described her as a smashy brawly person in that she should get the ultimate, with a capital U, item. (laughs) And when given the item, the item is called uh, Melee Mithra. So they got (laughs) all of the titles in there. Oh my gosh. And when you equip her with it, you get an outfit for her. It's basically her outfit, but censored. (laughs) Because (laughs) apparently they had to censor Oh yeah, they censored several characters Um, in the game. Because, you know, giant boob window and super short skirt. Uh, for the spirit it's good sticker. good for fighting. So it's like the same outfit. I mean, I love this new outfit because it's more practical and looks cooler. But um, you get the censored outfit that you see in her sticker in the game in Smash Bros. And I'm just crossing my fingers. They want to go through all that trouble and all that teasing and fun word play without her or her and Rex combo being a DLC character. See, don't don't let them do this. They're, you can get your hopes up again. Then they're just going to let you down. They went to the trouble of dropping all of that in their <laughs> DLC. Like They I already have. It's pretty heavy-handed, yeah. To Robert's point, they already have the Rex outfit and the blade that you can get, too, for a Mii fighter. Yeah, and like in that Nintendo video where they previewed that, and they said, don't worry, we haven't forgotten about this game. You're going to get... This me fighter. I feel like they implied more is on the way for this game and Smash Bros. So crossing my fingers that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 gets in this game. Me too. I hope you get what you want because I have no freaking idea who else it would be. <laughs> like I have literally no guesses. It's such a big game on their roster right now. I don't know why they would just give it an outfit to a, a me character. Mm. I thought Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank could be a potential now it's not they haven't done a new iteration in a while but that's a character that i always thought would be kind of interesting what's very actiony unique and has a good like you know unique moveset what what studio insomniac or naughty dog i can't remember it's one of those two i don't know that would be cool also the styling would sort of fit Mm. yeah who else you could do uh what's her name from horizon zero dawn (laughs) Since they have snake, oh like they a, have wow. snake. That's the that one percent chance, maybe. But I would love it. But it's never gonna happen. <laughs> but I would that love would it. Be cool. Yeah. People didn't see snake coming either. <laughs> True. <laughs> snake is still one that just doesn't fit in with the group. But maybe Cloud another Sonic character, like Tails or something like that. Oh my gosh! If they put Tails in there, I'd play as him all the time. That'd I mean, be so they, cool. they did have some recent games, Sonic games. I could see that. Yeah. Trying to think, like, what's something that's coming out that they could do easy cross-promotional stuff? There's another uh, Mario, Super Mario U. Or Deluxe. Or Deluxe or whatever. We're not on the Wii U anymore. Or right. it's Wii U Deluxe or, Super or Mario something. Deluxe <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's Super Mario with a bunch of numbers on both ends of it. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Um, Spider-Man. 
I just was just looking at our notes. Spider-Man. Spider-Man's Spider- going to be in there. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, no more Fire Emblem characters. Well, well I was not? just about to think that because they're releasing a new game, The Three Houses or whatever. Better know. Oh, what if they – maybe this is what you had, at, you had suggested. Sora from Kingdom Hearts. No, but that's a good guess. That's an actual guess. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, because they're about to drop it, right? Yeah, they are about to drop it. That would be a easy. Here's our second DLC. We're cross-promoting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, this is like, it's sort of tough when you're getting to that point where <laughs> you can't think of characters. The Master Chief from Halo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Super Meat Boy. <laughs> and then the characters from Minecraft. Yeah, just put them all on there. Yeah, yeah, you might as well. Why not? I could see Minecraft. They're on all. So. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, no, 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 no. Didn't, uh... I think Microsoft gobbled that up. They got Mojang uh, did they? on some yeah. level, or at least the rights to yeah, Minecraft. Yeah. They own it. But, you know. <laughs> Fortnite's invaded everywhere else. Why wouldn't no. they invite? No. Oh, <laughs> my. oh, my God. I feel like they know that a decent amount of their player base would be like, would cry out <laughs> if that happened. <laughs> they just, they do go through the whole thing of like putting the char- character in there and doing the whole deal, and then they're just like, oh, it's just a joke. The crazy thing is they already know what they all are. They just haven't announced them yet. Mm. Mm-hmm. I love this. Tight lip Nintendo is my favorite. They just mm-hmm. drop bombs and boom, boom, boom. Oh, and brains. it's released tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Um, yeah. Love that. They haven't released Piranha Plant yet, have they? They sent a code in your email. So you can. Okay. I think it was the beginning of this year. The day may have already passed. That, that was supposed to go live. Gotcha. That's another. They introduced DLC. Piranha Plant of all people, like characters. <laughs> I'm not. Ugh. Who has feet? Which apparently you is could like do a, Boo from Mario as a playable character. Uh, I love Boo, but I don't. I but did you think Piranha Plant would become a character? That's what I'm saying. More it's than just, Boo, yeah. See, that is like uh, a troll character. I don't think they would troll us in DLC. No, I'm just saying that there's the playing field is kind of pretty open. As oh, yeah, as yeah. Anything is possible is what you're saying. I think it's more of um, your biggest hurdle for getting anyone is going to be licensed, like if the IP or you have access to it. Brian Cranston? <laughs> oh, my he's gonna be God. Announcing, he's going to be announcing it, and then he's yes. going to be the playable character. Uh, oh, my God. As Walter White? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and he has different he, costumes. Yeah, I was going to say, one of his costumes is literally his underwear. He can join Shulk in that category. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, we're excited to see the rest of the DLC. Are you, I know I my friend got me a DLC pass for Christmas. Do you, um, hmm, are you guys friend. planning on? I don't know if I'll pick up the DLC pass because I'm just weird that way, but I will definitely purchase the characters. So oh, out. okay. So just a case by case? If you like the character, you're saying? No, I, I probably will get them all. It's just I'm. Then why not the past? I know because it's cheaper and all that. It's I your just, life, man. It's your money. I'm just weird that way. But it doesn't make any sense and do what I say. I don't know. I'm probably <laughs> not gonna. I don't know. I mean, you I guys don't know why. It. I'm kind of. Both of you would. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. You still haven't unlocked all the characters, have you? I know I'm an amateur. You're, well, your 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 uh, attention has been placed elsewhere. True, life in has the been gaming world fairly busy lately. You're right. Not to say I have more important things to do than play Smash because it is that good. It's a, it's a legitimate distraction. I really want to see how well the game performs, though, with the GameCube controller. That's, like, my one thing that I'm, like, 
Everyone like, else gets lag except the GameCube controller. <laughs> no, there's there's those things, but I'm just wondering how it feels to like pl- actually play the game with the. Yeah, GameCube this is controller. what you dream about. This yeah. is what your dreams are <laughs> about. What I dream about. No. Uh, well, if you, uh, it, uh, I would say if and when, but when you do finally get access to that, I want to hear about it for real. Because if it is the real deal, if it's somehow better, I want in on that. So any do, do any advantage you can give yourself? Yeah. Oh, I need it. <laughs> yeah, I definitely need it. Okay, so Smash is a game we've all been playing, but we've all been playing other games. I don't think we ever said the full title. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate? Yes. For the Nintendo Switch. There you go. Plug. You should buy <laughs> it if you haven't bought it because it's super easy to pick up. Anybody can play. I think and it's a lot of fun. It's a great value. For 60 bucks. there's so much playtime. I'm going to be one of those people that are like, don't get it if you don't have people to play it with. Yeah. If Let's if do you that. don't like fighting. Like, like, if this is your first Smash Bros. game, if they didn't have the adventure mode, I would not have picked it up. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I still would have picked it up. Because it gets extremely boring to play AI characters or go through the classic mode. Like... That's why you gotta play the the AI characters with no items. Oh my god! Then it is very <laughs> hard. Well, I guess I just I don't find it. I mean, you know me. We talked about this. Yeah. I want a story, or I want some little incentive of like sure. my incentive in the Smash Bros. Ultimate is all those spirits you get and the little like, oh, I recognize that. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> but that's me. Um, you, you know what my uh, like my main like motivation for playing right now is? What? is trying to one-on-one fight every single CPU as a single character because usually competitive matches are kind of like a two lives to three lives type of matches is two lives, no items, a either battlefield mode uh, map or final destination map and be able to beat all those characters without losing a life. Oh, dang. Wow, that's quite the challenge. It's mm. very hard. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're getting your money's worth. Yes. That's great. Well, I agree, Jesse, with your sentiment about playing with actual human beings in the same room. Experience is by far the apex experience of the oh, yeah. entire deal. And adventure is probably the number two in my mind. I really do actually like classic mode. but Adventure um, and classic probably the reasons why I play by myself. I've, I haven't touched the, the classic mode without someone else in the room with me. So mm-hmm. it's a shame the um, online version isn't smoother or more functional because, you know, that could have uh, replaced the person in the room. I've also mm-hmm. noticed playing with AI characters is a mixed bag because I don't know if it's the way that they're programmed or the algorithm or whatever that they're using, but there is a bit of like self-learning for the AI when you play against them. Because the first time that you like completely knock them off the stage or after a certain period of time, they actually adapt their fighting style, no matter what character they are, to circumvent like what you're doing. Mm. I know they definitely do that. That That's explicitly said for amiibo AIs. Mm. So I don't know if you have any, but like it's one of those things you train your amiibo just by fighting it and it gets stronger and stronger. Whoa, that's cool. I almost want to give you one and then have you fight against it constantly <laughs> and have it become like a mega AI and that, that I could never beat. <laughs> and then after you be- beat the entire roster, you're going to have to de- defeat the uh, ultimate amiibo. Right. You can come to a tournament and just be like, no, no, here's my, my proxy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
Well, I definitely am probably not as far as either of you in Smash Bros because I have been adequately distracted by two games with DLC that has come out or I've just recently been able to tackle. But in those games would be Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and Marvel Spider-Man, which I've talked about both already. But after completing both DLC expansion passes, I wanted to revisit this topic and talk with you guys again because my thoughts on the future of DLC has evolved a bit more after playing through these and you know we can continue our conversation from the first episode so if you haven't listened to the first episode i recommend you go do that so xenoblade chronicles 2 you can get an expansion pass for 30 dollars, and that includes a bunch of extra tinier like new quests new character like blades and like special items but the main chunk of this expansion pass was a completely new story torna the golden country which is supposed to act as a prequel to the original game and I absolutely loved it. I got about 25 to 30 hours out of it. It doesn't rely on the original game story at all and the original game doesn't rely on this. They can live separately. Uh, I think they even sold this game as like a separate cheaper game. Um, So you could pick up this, this DLC and not have played the original game and not be lost or confused. They even streamlined the play style. So it, it is the same, but it's different. It's it's almost easier to pick up. It's like they learned from the other game and uh, streamlined it in, in more constructive ways. But it also works better with the story too, because you don't have like a giant army of people you pick up along your 100 hour journey in the other game. So it was a simplified of Xenoblade 2? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the fighting. Yes. I, I don't know how to explain it. All I, The best word I can say is streamlined, mm-hmm. uh, where you would have, because you have a lot more characters and options to choose from in the other game, but this one you're locked into your party. Mm-hmm. They streamline it so you can optimize them the best you can. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's not bad. It's just different. It's good. Yeah, so this was something that I've rarely gotten out of DLC. What I normally get out of DLC is more like the Spider-Man game on the PS4. This one had a three-chapter expansion. They, like, bundled it all, and they called it The City That Never Sleeps. You could have bought that bundle separately after the game for 25 together, or you could have bought the individual chapters for $10 each. Or you could have so much trust in the game that you could have pre-ordered the deluxe edition for 80 bucks with the original game. So that would have technically been the cheapest way to get this DLC. What did you do? uh, I didn't... I got the sitting that never sleeps, the 25. I don't think I was aware of the DLC or it wasn't announced when I got pre-ordered the Spider-Man game, so... Mm. But anyway, this is sort of... While I had a great time playing this DLC, I feel like this is where the majority of the game industry is heading, and I don't like it, and I think it's wrong for several reasons. (laughs) Um, Each chapter focuses on a character that was somewhat introduced in the original game but then felt ripped away from you like they they didn't get a conclusion um, to their arc or they weren't even presented fully fleshed out in the first place and you're like why even include this person to take them away or to barely touch on them and you realize oh because dlc is going to do that so i had the distinct feeling of they had a whole game and then they're like wait we need to make more money Let's take these elements out and further their storylines and they're separate 
DLC chapters. So when I was playing these, I definitely had the sense of, oh, that's where these people went. Um, it's still a lot of fun. I probably got about four to six hours per chapter. So I felt like, okay, I'm playing a significant time per chapter. But I would rather paid 80 bucks at the forefront and got in a whole game and realizing, hey, prices go up, that's what happens, than feeling ripped off if I didn't get that DLC after the fact from the original game. I still had fun with the original game, it just felt a little bit lacking in the depth department. Also, the way these chapters are set up, they sort of link with each other. So even though you can buy them individually, I don't know why you would do that because they're gonna like jump right into a part of the story. Like. All of this is sequential, so something that happens at the end of the first chapter influences the start of the second chapter. Mm -hmm. So going in and just getting the second chapter because you're like, oh, I like that character, doesn't make sense. You'll, you'll feel like there's a gap between the end of the main story and chapter two of the DLC. It does not make sense. That is a weird way Why to would do you that. sell them in chapters if that was the case? And then the end of the very last chapter still didn't fully conclude. Like. Mm. It's very much sequel bait, which is fine, but if you is it? if you wrap up, like it's okay, like tease, like oh maybe this person will appear in the next one, but they didn't wrap up their existing characters' lines. I, it's frustrating. I shouldn't have to feel like I'm buying per chapter of a book, and they keep leaving cliffhangers at the end of every single chapter. Like, just give it to me up front, mm. and this is where I think game developers should go more the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 route instead of the Spider-Man route where the DLC doesn't have to rely on the main game and the main game doesn't rely on the DLC. Consumers and game developers have to realize, hey, if if these games are a lot bigger than they used to be, they probably are a lot more expensive to make. They take longer to make. If prices need to go up to accommodate that, then I think we, we shouldn't have to be locked into the $60 forever. I'd rather understand, hey, you're getting more value than you used to 10 years ago. Now, I don't know the numbers behind all this, so I can't say, like, maybe the, you know, the, the, the top heads of the company should be taking less or whatever. I don't know the numbers, so I can't mm. say. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a balance in there somewhere, but I, I do think if we don't want this weird fragmented DLC problem, we as gamers have to be willing to be like, okay, we have to pay 70 bucks now or 80 bucks. I don't know. What do you all think? Well, I was going to ask, do you think that was a developer decision or that was a board decision? I get the feeling that the people who are financing and distributing and all that at the start before the game's even made, like in the pre-production planning mode, they're like, this is what we want to roll out. We want this much content afterward or whatever like mm. this stuff i don't believe is made at the end of the right. project so i'm sure maybe for developers it's easier to be like okay well they need this much dlc content and here's our original concept for the game and our story structure blah blah, blah. maybe we can take this to to build that I, I don't know i don't know how that it's done how those decisions are made but that's how i imagine it yeah, I, I just don't think things are, it's too difficult to rip stuff out of games at the end to make DLC content mm. of, of this magnitude of like deep story yeah. and plot points that these two games I played do. I mean, skins and all that, that's a different story. 
but I, I was just trying to clarify because earlier you said that it made it sound like that it was the developer's decision to pull out those characters versus whoever that you know well i doubt that the developers are like they just sweat over keyboards and do whatever everybody else tells them (laughs) right i mean it's like i was just trying i'm sure they pulled them out at the early stages or like they lessened their impact i could easily see them throwing in some of these storylines back into the game like as multiple story quest points they all tied very seamlessly together and i don't see why they would be taken out (laughs) so yeah i don't know so just another case of Jesse being a Nintendo fangirl. We get it, Jesse. <laughs> Xenoblade like... is the best and everything else is crap. Sony's stupid. No. Spider-Man. I, <laughs> I don't like how they packaged it. Yeah. I very much enjoyed what I was doing in the game and the DLC. In both? I, I just don't like it should all have been in one game. Right. Gotcha. So. Well, the way that you're describing it, tell me if this analogy completely falls apart because it might, but it sounds like what you're saying is... And the equivalent of like going out to dinner, it would almost be something like with Nintendo, you order your meal and you eat it and you pay for full price of that. And then the waiter comes there like, hey, do you want some dessert? And then you can tack that on your bill. And it's a whole, they run your card one time. And then it sounds like with Sony, it's like you pay for your meal, you eat it. And then the waiter comes they're like, oh, do you want dessert? It's like, well, if you want one piece of this, you can get it only one at a time. So we're going to run your card then. And then if you decide you want another one, you run it again and then run it again and run it again. It's like, really? Can you just like give it to me all at once? If I don't need it all, it's fine. If I don't want to play a certain chapter, I just won't play it, but I'll pay the full 80 bucks. Yeah. That's stupid. It's cumbersome and it doesn't make any sense. It's like we did this fancy uh, deconstructed pie. You're going to get your one plate of crust, then your one plate of just cherry goop and then you're gonna get your one plate of whipped cream separately yeah. um well that's oh my gosh like that's <laughs> that's how the so dumb. the pendulum is kind of swinging right now is especially with talk of two three however many years down the road the next generation of console it's i feel like it's maybe a little bit different with pc titles and games that come out at least initially first for pc but for the large consumer-based gaming market is we're kind of reaching a point where there's a roof of people wanting to get squeeze the absolute most value that they possibly can from their games to make the most profit, which makes sense. And right now there's a, it's you know, a place where people are recognizing that it's not at a place where it's really bad right now, I think but it continues to kind of push that envelope mm-hmm. of getting to a place where it will be bad. And there's gotta be something happens, whether that's the base price of games going up a little bit more to make it to where costs for developing this and adding that extra content into the original game is there because eventually it's gonna hit a point where something's gonna break and it's gonna have to swing you know, back into a place where there's even ground for both the consumer and the developer yeah i see it getting so bad to the point where you're getting basically a shitty half half of the game yeah final fantasy 15 um and and then they're offering all of these dlc packs that oh there's the rest of the game for you know 20 bucks a pop i don't don't it's insulting it It is insulting yeah 
They don't really owe us anything, but it's similar to what came up in our first episode. Conversation is very relevant. I love that you're bringing it back around. It's like that deus ex thing where they literally, you know, like you're saying, from the beginning, they have this plan where they completely have the entire story and everything completely fleshed out. They design and make the entire thing, and then they chop half of it off, and they're like, if you want that, it's 30 more bucks. Yeah. And it's, you know, depending on what the game is, the Final Fantasy, I think, would fall in this category too, but... I think it's especially bad, and Spider-Man would fall. Actually, Spider-Man and Xenoblade are great case studies for this because they're games that you sink a lot of time into Mm -hmm. and you get invested in, Mm -hmm. and then they dangle it out. It's like, just give me the whole thing. Like, come on. I don't know if you guys know anything about Final Fantasy XV. I I played it. It was my first Final Fantasy game, actually. Um, So horrible first experience. Did did you play? I Okay, so I played like, six hours of the game and then basically got to a point where I just stopped for foreseeable future. Yeah, so you didn't even... Okay, okay. the whole sinking into hours into a game, I was like, okay, great. This world is mainly made up of two continents mm-hmm. and the whole story is you're going to explore your first continent, that's your homeland, and then you go to the second continent where it's the enemy is there, right? <laughs> so you sink... Up bunch of hours i probably sunk 25 30 hours in the first continent like great i'm halfway through the game i'm going over to the second continent you get on a train and you're on said train throughout the entire continent you maybe make one or two stops in a town Mm. and uh then you're at the final you're at the final like one level on the continent what they build it up like that imagine you're in breath of the wild and you explore Hyrule Field in that central area, right? And you're like, oh, I got the f- three other dungeons I can go to. It's great. And then they just take you on a train ride from one dungeon to the other without being able to explore those areas. Like, Excuse me? That's what happened. And then there, it's funny. Like, you see people behind the scenes, like, breaking the game and, like, walking around the barren continent that, like, you could tell. You can tell they're probably going to build it or do something. And it just fell through. I don't know. It's either incredibly stupid game making if this, that was planned well, it's kind of, it's sort of like that throughout the entire game because even people were pretty upset too with the whole car aspect of it too is your transportation around the world, even with the car, is rather limited. But not really. You could walk everywhere if you wanted to. Right, you can, but... You're not like locked into the car from no. location to location mm. like the train. But at least for me, the idea of using the car and again there's stuff in there to you know make it enjoyable and that sort of stuff so i'm not saying that having the car in there isn't you know fun or that kind of stuff but compared to like the vast majority of like open world you know games that have you know a vehicle of transportation it's somewhat restricted hmm. and at least for me it's like i don't i felt very limited in terms of how i can move the car and like where I could go, or I had to have a certain part of the car customized so that I could go like off-road and do all this other stuff. And I was oh. really frustrated with that. I was just like, I'll just hop on the giant chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see how people would like expect that and then they not get it when they get him. But anyway, this is all just to say, that is like the prime example of giving you half a game. And then they even, they had a bunch of DLC character journeys planned for a bunch of characters that you really should have gotten in the game. Um, and then they canceled it halfway through. So you're not even guaranteed this extra DLC to 
fill in those gaps. It's upsetting. So, I mean, at least Spider-Man delivered on all of it, but I'm just really afraid it's going to get to that point where, like, that's the standard, and I don't want us paying $60 for that being the standard. But I also wonder, too, is, like, how many... Because, like, for me, that stuff doesn't bother me as much in terms of, yes, it is frustrating, you know, depending on how invested in a game that you are, but for my personality... I don't feel like I have to explore every nook and cranny like in a game and do most of the content in the game. I'm very much happy, not with every game, with do you know just completing the main storyline and maybe doing a you know a few side quests and all that kind of stuff here and there. And a lot of like the secondary characters and stuff don't really matter that much to me. So I wonder if it's also like a a trend for gamers too and with newer generations of gamers that their attention span for that kind of stuff is not you know but to your point of it being unfinished and that sort of stuff and taking it out of the game when they originally had it planned i i agree with you certain games don't go that deep and that's just my preference i think games where there's that expectation and they set up the first part of the game to be like that and they don't fulfill that's where i'm upset so yeah i don't expect all games to be that deep and a lot of times they're good at advertising that up front yeah, so that one's that was upsetting, but I was going to wrap up to a point. Well, let me ask you guys <laughs> this. Maybe it'll jog your memory. So as you hear all this and you're thinking about all these different variables, would you be cool with something that's almost like a value tier? So instead of there just being like this average flat 60, whatever, it doesn't actually really exist like that if you look at the whole landscape, but majority of AAA titles are priced at $60 right now. That's how it is. Would you be more okay with something It's like, oh, there's a $30 tier and you know that you're going to get $30 of value and it looks like this and there's an expectation around that and then 60 and 80 and wherever you buy in at whatever level, you're getting the complete package. There's not this wild west of all the developers and companies trying all these different you know, pricing things and dishing out DLC in these kind of half-baked ways or whatever. I feel like we already have that $20, $30 tier we just mm-hmm. don't have the $80 tier and that's where all the extra that's DLC what I would say I would rather pay like 10 15 dollars more for a game because the 60 dollar price point has been around since the PlayStation 2 and GameCube era mm-hmm. actually no I think it was 50 dollars back then and it I don't remember it ever being under PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360 came out I'm, I think that's what it was I could be wrong but, but anyway. it's been a while yeah anyway I would much rather pay $10, $15 more and get like a more complete game. Like I, to me, like I hate DLC. Like I just give me the whole game. That's period. End of discussion. <laughs> okay. Now I thought about what I was going to say. We're, we've been speaking purely about like money and profits, but I do understand. And I think this is probably the one cool benefit. I think that's coming from DLC especially those that are released in expansion packs. A lot of times these packs will support games for up to a year after it's released. So you're playing a game much longer than you normally would and you're keeping it in the front of your mind and that's exactly what these game makers want. So like this this Xenoblade 2 DLC, they released a bunch of like here's some extra quests, here's some blades. They like scattered it over the year following its release. And then at the very last thing they released was the Torna Country, which is what I just finished playing, which was the new storyline. I think that's a great way to keep people engaged for a game for a long period of time and uh, keep the hype going. So like Spider-Man was released in three months 
after the game released, and it lined up pretty well with that new Spider-Man movie coming out, that last Ooh. DLC lining up with that. And, oh, guess what? Cross-promotional. Yeah. They had an outfit in the game. Um, oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, they did. Nice. Uh, I wish it was Peter B. Parker with the pants on, but it was just his <laughs> normal outfit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> like, I could understand that, like, helping to, like, if it's in the wake of a similar franchise or the same fra- type of franchise to, you know, put promotional mm-hmm. type stuff. Because that makes sense. Of course, you know, I would want to buy whatever this costume is that's in, you know, Spider-Man that crosses over from the yeah. movie. And I, I just talked about the Mithra, the outfit, the Smash Bros. outfit. Yeah being hinted at at <laughs> in the DLC. So it's the same thing. And I will say, too, a lot of times a year plus after a game's release is they will release an edition that has all the DLC content. True. Mm-hmm. They do. True. For the same price of what it would have been brand new to just buy the game. So if without. you're patient enough, right? Yeah, you always win. Yeah. You're getting that play it away But then you, you risk yeah. spoilers and all sorts of stuff uh, if you don't. True. Can you, can you stay away from the spoilers long enough? <laughs> I know I can't, so I'm paying an extra 20 bucks to stay spoiler-free. <laughs> it's the price you're willing to pay. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, I just want to see companies are t- making on good faith decisions. Like the Spider-Man seems a bit on a bad faith, but when Xenoblade in that year that we were getting like trickling of expansion pass stuff, they were even giving away free content f- if you hadn't bought the game. Uh, the DLC, like they were like, oh, you remember Shulk from the first Xenoblade? Here's hint, you can battle and get him as a blade on your team. Like that, that's just so cool. Anyone could have participated in that. So I think that's like a, a bunch of good faith decisions with DLC content on Nintendo's part. Hmm. So yay, Nintendo always. <laughs> I mean, but that that is so important. It's like, it's a reputation thing and it's a trust thing. Mm-hmm. Because I am way more, like, we were just talking about Smash Bros. I may not buy the Fighter Pass DLC for Ultimate because my level of interest just isn't quite, you know, doesn't match the price point or whatever. But I know if I got it, they would do me right. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's a little bit like with, you know, it's not just like these smaller developers are playing games with people. It's like Sony's doing it. Yeah. So you're freaking kidding me. So, I mean, you know, just be wary of when you do stuff like this. It has a lasting impact and it all adds up. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what? I'm really glad that after the long wait that you had, you were able to complete all that DLC and that despite some pricing nonsense, it was worthwhile. Yeah. Because the content wise, you said it's good. Both of them check out. Yeah. No, I had a lot of fun. Okay, good. So, Robert. Yes. You have recently acquired a game. I have. That has got you very, very invested. They got me good, all right? <laughs> They're like, hey, Robert, we got a game for you, and you're going you're gonna to put a lot of hours into this. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> um, what is that game? That game is Kingdom Come Deliverance. And by God, <laughs> I am really loving it. So I got it for PC. This game was developed by Warhorse Studios, which is founded by a guy who used to write content for 2K Check and a game designer and producer from Bohemia Interactive. Didn't 2K do Bioshock? Yeah, one of the 2K studios did Bioshock. So anyways, this is all stuff that I had to look up after the fact. This is not the reason I bought this game, but it's good background because it sets up a later part of this conversation. So. This is a brand new studio. This is the first game, the first project 
that they have ever even attempted. So the fact that it was successful enough to release to me is awesome. And I did get it on sale on Steam. So I waited a year, George, and I benefited from my patience. Yes. You like that? Especially when it comes to the PC realm. It True. is very, very uh, highly recommended that you wait for a while for <laughs> PC games. Work those bugs out. Yeah. Yep. What was the original price? 60? So full 60. Yep. So I got it for half. And this game, if you're totally unfamiliar with it, it's pretty similar to something like Fallout New Vegas in terms of genre. So it's like an open world action RPG. It's first person, branching quest lines. So there's a lot of player freedom and there's deep systems. It takes place in the early 15th century. So you're playing as this guy, Henry, who's living during that time in a medieval kingdom of Bohemia, which is an imperial state of the Holy Roman Empire, which if you're already yawning, it's because you're not as interested as I am in history, which there is much of in this game. And I love that crap because they went for historical accuracy. Mm. And it, oh man, it's a little bit cumbersome, but it's it's just so So you can get like immersive. sick. Oh yeah, it's and everything. Like, oh my oh God. yeah, it's like the combat system, the way a combat system works is like, if you get injured in a particular part of your body, there's like multivariant things that can happen to you. So you can have a bone broken, you can be bleeding to certain degrees. And anyways, it's, it's, it's real deep. So as someone who hasn't played this game or the game I'm about to bring up, <laughs> on, a hit, on a scale of one, knowing nothing about history to 10, knowing everything about history, hmm. where would like this compare to Assassin's Creed games? <laughs> In terms of being true to... Of like making you feel like you're in that time. Oh, like, okay. I'm glad you asked this. Okay. On that imaginary skill, it's like a 12. Like they go very, very, they do everything that I could conceivably think of, which is a lot to put you in this time and to make it feel as realistic as you can imagine it would be because you can't actually live in that time. That's not something you can do, but you can through this game. Okay. So that it's a good and a bad thing, honestly. It's a good thing because it's insanely immersive. It's a bad thing because at sometimes it's clunky and mm -hmm. the reality of living in that time in and of itself is kind of like a nightmarish <laughs> chore. But they, yeah, so they go, it's a 12 for okay. sure. Okay. So this is like a prime example of that. This is like a game where I can, I start it and I don't have to go into the menu and turn off the HUD or make it harder or whatever. It's already hard. There's barely any HUD. <laughs> I don't know, it's so deeply immersive and it's so rewarding to be immersed in this game because the story, the writing is of things that I've played, it's quickly entering like my top three. Oh. Mm. And I'm only like 20 hours in. So it's- Oh, <laughs> you're only 20 hours in. Oh dude, no, no. This is the kind of game that you put like easily, I can see myself putting like 100, 150 hours into because it's- That says a lot based on what you've told us about your gameplay past. Yeah. Yeah. They got me. I'll put it that way. Okay, congrats. Yeah, it's cool. All this praise, all this great stuff. And this is where I bring you guys in the conversation because I want to involve other people in my, uh, my long ranting. The game is extremely buggy, which totally annihilates all that beautiful immersion that I just set up. And it totally takes you out of that wonderful story that they're trying to tell you. And it's kind of like to the point of where when the, this game's reputation is synonymous with like the meme of being overly buggy. Mm. 
and it's stuff that like when you're playing the game it totally takes you out of it there's really bad pop-in so like you'll be stand you'll be walking through a town and there's no one around and then all of a sudden like nothing changes then there's like 20 people in front of you and they're like right in front of you it's like oh all right cool i guess people just can teleport <laughs> at this time it's like i'll do something that's very cumbersome you know this task of like there was one quest where it's it's difficult to do everything in this game it's like i'm hunting rabbits because i need to impress this lord who's actually a total asshole but because i'm a peasant i have to do whatever he says so 30 minutes of my actual real human life i spent trying to hunt rabbits for this guy which is really hard because there's no crosshair reticle or anything like that and it's like it's fairly clunky so i bag like a couple of rabbits i'm feeling real good <laughs> and then i go to bring it back to him and what am i met with not a reward no 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 i met with an infinite loading screen that crashes the game and then i have to go and do all of that again yeah that's how i'm spending my time on earth Aww. i've only been given a little bit of it but i'm going to keep playing this stupid buggy game um <laughs> that you love yeah i do i love it <laughs> It's like you'll be talking to someone in conversation and their face will be like a polygon block thing where their <laughs> eyes are like floating and stuff. <laughs> and then like halfway through the conversation, they just become this like beautifully rendered, like perfect mm. figure. So it's stuff like that. It's like and the I am to Durgan Burn uh, meme. Exactly. It's, yeah, to the nines. So I don't know. It kind of it bums me out because it's, it's a really cool game. It just kind of takes away from what otherwise is a very awesome experience. Mm. So I say all this to bring it back to our first conversation around the AAA versus indie distinction. Um, it's interesting because Warhorse kind of falls into a weird middle space in my mind because they are born out of this talent from these huge AAA developers. These two guys left after having done a decent amount of work at their respective places and then teamed up I assume brought on very talented people to work with them based on what I'm seeing in the game it's like in many categories it's blowing my mind and I, I did look this up so the budget for this for Kingdom Come Deliverance is reported to be with including marketing costs and everything around the 36 million dollar figure and apparently the standard now is like for AAA titles on average it's like between 50 and 60 so they're about at half of that or so a little over half and then some of the things like the CODs and the huge stuff, the Assassin's Creeds and things like that can get as far up to like $150 million. Mm -hmm. So they got a good chunk of change. Like, and it, it's kind of this weird thing where like there's great value in the content, but then it's kind of being totally torn down by bugginess and, you know, what I assume to be just kind of like QA problems. I wonder uh, how big the studio is too in comparison to those other studios that are putting out those kinds of games. Well, yeah, so that's one of the things, like, as far as resources, because not even if the number of people in the building is the same, it's not the same in terms of, like, having this long history of working with, like, some people have been there for a really long time, they know what they're doing, and they're great at it, that kind of thing. That doesn't exist because the history isn't there, um, which you can look around at other places in game industry and see Super Smash Bros. Ultimate or the Elder Scrolls series or whatever, where there's like this lineage and the iterations come down and then they get less and less buggy, they get more and more refined and they keep making the same game. So this is the opposite case of that. And to their credit, they have done a lot of patching since this game has been released. What's the expectation there? Because 
there's kind of like that split thing, like, you know, depending on what the indie game is, kind of can tell pretty quickly if you're going to be getting into like a messy situation or not. But with the AAA thing, it's like, well, it better be p- pretty polished because you guys like. Is it AAA though? That's what I'm saying. I don't think this falls in that category. Right. Well, I would also say too that depending on the budget for how they spec this whole thing out and whatnot when they were, you know, in the planning stages for this game, is I wonder if because it ha- they had a smaller budget than if what the numbers are true, the average for a AAA game per se. And being as much detail in the systems and stuff that they put in this particular game, which is not common to have this level of detail, that it makes sense to me that there is a lot of bugs in there. Yeah, they shouldn't be putting the price tag at 60 though. They expect there to be bugs, you know? Right, but I'm also saying, too, that because they have a smaller budget and stuff, I wonder if development time and that sort of stuff was cut short or shorter in order to fix a lot of those, you know, yeah, it seems to me like they just didn't have enough QA time. Yeah. That's such a big part of game development. I don't know. Maybe it's a mixture of that. Some of those problems you were describing made me think of, like, Xenoblade on the Wii or Wii U, where, like, you teleport somewhere and you wait a sec and you're like, oh, the shapes are now on more refined polygons. Oh, there's the textures. Oh, there's the lighting. Okay, we're done. Let's move. Like, it's like they're they're doing the best they can with the hardware. Yeah. Like, so when you're talking about, like, people's faces getting more defined randomly or the 20 people popping it, it's like, well, I bet they were supposed to be there. They just didn't load it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you're saying your, your rabbit situation and the buggy loading screen, it seems like a mixture. Yeah, I mean... I'm always willing to give new, like, indie companies or indie games or, like, Burn. do the best they can with the resources available. Like, they're really ambitious. ambitious. Like, I'm really, I'm, I'm willing to be a little bit more forgiving with that. But it just depends how common those bugs are because if they're as common as you're describing them to be, then that's truly game-breaking. <laughs> it's experience-breaking and obviously not enough for you because you keep going back and playing it. Mm-hmm. But... It's trying my patience for sure. Yeah, I don't. Maybe a a little bit of bit off, not a lot, but maybe a little bit more than they could chew. For the I think they first. bit off way more than they could chew. Yeah, that's my kind of ultimate thing. But I do, Jesse. I'm also, on the other hand, on the other side of the coin, the other half of this is I want to support that. Yeah. Because it's the story they're trying to tell, the game that they're trying to make in a alternate dimension where they did have the resources and it doesn't have all these bugs, that's the game that I want to play. So I don't think you can have it both ways in the beginning. You have to kind of confront the reality of the situation of the developer and just trust that you're, because you are investing in what they do. Your investment is going to come back around because they want to do this. They're aspiring, they're ambitious. And so, I don't. I would have paid sixty dollars for this if I had not gotten it on sale, and not feel bad about it, honestly, because so, I don't know. This this kind of game is not common. The next next game they release, don't wait a year and buy it on sale. Yes, buy it right buy away. As soon as they yeah. yeah. No, I mean that's exact. You're exactly right. They'll never get to that AAA level of having a long lineage of experienced people unless you help them at the beginning. So, right. yeah. Maybe Cyberpunk will pick up oh. where. Oh uh, Kingdom Come falls <laughs> short. I hope so. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm done. George, would you like to share your 
gameplay with us. I don't even know what you're going to talk about. It's just a quick, I don't have a whole lot to say about it because I haven't played it for very long, but maybe like an hour, hour and a half's worth. Uh, Celeste. Oh, yeah, you picked it up. It was the free game of the month uh, on Xbox. No. And uh, picked that up, played for a little bit. That game. <laughs> Did it drive I you crazy? I can hear it from oh. my room. I can hear your, yeah, you're just like anxiety. Exploding. Oh my yeah. God. It is unbelievably anxiety inducing. <laughs> it is so fucking stressful. Doesn't it make you feel though? Don't you? Don't oh yeah. Identify with her. Oh like, yeah. I can never get up this mountain. Oh yeah. <laughs> there, well, there's like, I'm at a part two where you're just introduced spoilers for somebody who hasn't played it the part where you get your mirrored image of yourself yeah and you play the little dream sequence where she freaking follows she you she chases you ah it's the one level where you drop down and you, yeah oh no <laughs> yeah so it's stressful. stressful it's stressful so even just like mentioning it gets a little elicits a reaction that's yeah. great but yeah. feeding the game feels Oh, yeah. No, it's yeah, fun yeah. and it's rewarding, but they have fine-tuned to a very, very precise point on the whole jumping and mm-hmm. double-jumping mechanism to where it's like it's enough to get you to where you need to go, but it's just barely enough. And you better step on the right spot. Right. Yeah. Because every time that you jump, you're just like... Yeah, that's what I'm hearing from yeah. my room. <laughs> I'm what? You say you're only on the second level? No, I'm like... On the fourth or fifth, okay, level or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Can, <laughs> can you imagine? I mentioned, I think, in an earlier podcast about getting cassette tapes in the yes, game that allowed. I've gotten my first cassette tape. The B side, even harder. Like I, I can't even. Ima- I didn't even attempt that. I'm like, I don't, I don't want that on that pressure. And then there's the people that get every strawberry collectible. And then there's if you really want your mind blown, go watch a speed run on YouTube. Oh, people nope. who speed run those Mm-mm. things. Every <laughs> single click is deliberate, or else you die. Yeah. Oh, I believe it. The music is really cool, too, and how it morphs and stuff depending on what happens in that particular level and what level you're on um, is cool. And it won um, Best Soundtrack for mm-hmm. Game Awards, so yay. Oh, it did win Soundtrack? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I do believe it because the, the soundtrack is really cool and unique. No, it's a really fun game, and the art style and the way that the uh, I really like how the different emotions come out and just the chatter uh, sound effects that they use yeah. for the dialogue and stuff is is really great. Yeah, it's like the uh, Peanuts adults but cuter. Yeah, and then like when they're exasperated, it still has that same type of sound, but it's in that exasperated type of yeah. tone and stuff. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my god. That's um, great, but yeah, it's it's a it's a fun game. You just I have to play it in short spurts because same. I couldn't play more than two levels Mm-mm. a day. No, because it, it's that stressful. Mm-hmm. Well, That's cool. So you're enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like pace it, yourself. <laughs> yeah, pace yourself. It's it's fun, but it's definitely something that you can't just do in large chunks. Yeah, like I games. think equally for the challenge, but mostly for the emotional experience hmm. yeah so yeah there's obviously a little story that's happening combine that with just how me- mechanics work yeah we were talking about the in the casual hardcore podcast about 
whether a game is more experience or, or if it's more about the gameplay. I think this is a nice, healthy balance for a platformer. So you kind of get both? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, because there's the story aspect. There's the actual gameplay aspect. The story aspect is cool and interesting. The gameplay aspect is a is challenging, so it's frustrating, but it's also rewarding. But then there's the actual design of the gameplay that's very stressful. Mm. Yeah. But serves the story. Which, yeah, yeah ties in very well mm-hmm. with the story. making It makes you feel what it wants you to feel. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, maybe worth your time, maybe not, depending on the kind of person you are. How much is it? Uh, it's like you got it for. Oh, I don't know how much so it you is got it for, I got free, it for free. That. Yeah, uh, it's not like ten dollars probably at most. Definitely not over twenty hmm. under that, but I think it, I recommend it. It's on Switch, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nice, cool. Great game for the Switch. Well, I need some more stress, and so maybe I'll pick it up. <laughs> If you're not oh, a platformer. Kingdom Come is giving, it sounds like it's giving you an awful <laughs> lot true. of stress. I got all I can handle. <laughs> yeah. I'm stressed from the bugginess. I'm going to go play this slot. I was stressed. I'm stressed from slots. <laughs> I'm going to go back to this. I was stressed just hearing you talk about like certain aspects of Kingdom Come. I was just like, yeah, no, I can't. Because I was telling Robert, as like, I have been actually watching this game since it first came out. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that kind of shied me away, one, was mainly the bugginess when it first came out because it was real buggy when it came out. But then the other part was just it's too much immersion for me. Mm. Yeah, it's a commitment. It's like if I wanted that much immersion, I'll just go out with my own sword and go out (laughs) in the woods and pretty much live like a a Viking for, you know, of the Dark Ages. Yeah, as much as a video game can do it, it's getting you that real experience. Yeah, if you don't have patience, stay away for sure. Cool. cool. Thanks well, for sharing your game experiences. We'll yeah. do this again soon. You, uh, any other games on the horizon for us we're going to play? I'm waiting for them to give some, Nintendo to give some sort of trickle information about either Metroid Prime 4 or Bayonetta 3. You hyped about Bayonetta 3? I am. Oh, yeah, you like that. Yeah. That one's you been can a, wait all you want. That, They'll probably just drop it right in your lap. Be like, Here it is. That Have one's been in the works teased? for longer than Prime 4 has, or at least is in terms of announcing it. Yeah. yeah. They announced Bayonetta 3? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't even remember that. That's how long ago that, that was. That was quickly on the heels of when the Switch was released. It was like that whenever the Switch was released, like what, March of last year? No, two years two ago. Two years ago. Two years ago? Yep. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was whatever summer was for, of that year is when they announced Bayonetta 3. I'm looking forward to because Bayonetta two came out on the Switch. Yeah, yeah. And quickly after that, or when they announced that it was coming out on the Switch, is when they announced Bayonetta three. That'd be 3. good. All this hype. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jesse? What are you looking forward to? The Fire Emblem Three Houses game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is that a Switch game? Yeah. Nice. I want a Fire Emblem for the Switch mm. so badly. So this is a main series entry. I believe so. Yeah. Cool. Not just an app game or whatever. And they better not rip us off like they did with Fates. Uh-oh, you bitter about it? A little bit. <laughs> Probably also, uh, this has been in a... You talk about development hell. Crackdown 3 mm. is finally getting the light of day. Spring of this year, I mm. think. They're fi- it's finally coming out. Haven't heard of that one. It's the fully destructible city... Yeah, the whole the whole 
like environment which is in a city is supposed to be completely destructible Ooh. but it's kind of like a it has like a little bit of a saints row type mm-hmm. vibe yeah yeah you're you play as a kind of generic type cop um you clean up the streets all that sort of stuff but they have a weird system where that's not weird necessarily but it's a unique system to them where there's all these coins that are scattered throughout the environment and there's like four or five different colors and each color corresponds to a different attribute that you have so like one is speed one is strength one is driving skill mm-hmm. and so by collecting more of those coins you level up your abilities where does the destructible city come in the destructible city comes in because you have all these ridiculous guns and it's a highly it's like a borderlands meets saints row type thing where it's just like a crazy you know blow them up type cop that blows up the city probably yeah. shouldn't be a cop <laughs> <laughs> you're doing your job pretty poorly <laughs> oh, gosh. so are you looking forward to it i don't know i've got i was Uh-oh. looking forward to it like two years ago but because <laughs> <laughs> but because it's taken them so long and they announced it way too early uh to develop it is like there's a lot of games that basically kind of granted it's not the fully destructible city that games have but there's a lot of games that basically kind of done what yeah it's done so the hype for it has died down a lot mm. they need to do the nintendo thing and just say hey this is coming out in a month you're welcome be brilliant oh i forgot that was even a thing mm-hmm. i'm definitely gonna buy that still holding out on a borderlands 3 announcement at yeah. some point yeah. Well, things coming up. Haven't they been? Uh, they ported something for VR, did they? Uh, Borderlands Two, I think, is in VR now. I haven't now. seen TV no ads of Psychic Girl <laughs> in VR. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. They've all but said that it's in development. Mm-hmm. Really want that game when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. Cool. So, conclusion: buy DLC if you think the game's worthy of it and you're not buying the second half of a game, buy a game even if it's buggy, if you think it's worth the bugginess and it's supporting a good cause. And play Super Smash Bros. with some friends on the couch. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. See you next time.